Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast and happy Monday, y'all. Hope everybody had an amazing girly swirly filled weekend. And speaking of girly swirlies, it's the girliest swirly who ever swirlied. Hey, Jax. You think I'm the girliest swirly who ever swirlied? Who is swirlier, me or you? Jackie, it's not even a question. We know who the swirliest girl on the planet <laughs> is, but we can't share that story. No, we can't, but it always comes back to that, doesn't it? And I think it's just kind of, that's sort of the lesson here, you know? Yeah, which is... Family. Family. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Okay, that's a really good lesson to start off our weekend on, Um, even though the lesson is... It's not our weekend. It's not the weekend. (laughs) We'll get there, you guys. We will get to making a good show. (laughs) No, no, that's for damn sure. We will get to the weekend. That's like kind of the whole point of today. It's like to get to tomorrow. I was saying we will get to making this podcast episode good. (laughs) We will. Because we haven't made a lot of sense yet. I couldn't agree less, actually. (laughs) Everything we're saying is making complete and total sense to me. I'm happy for you. And I I think people will understand where we're coming from. No, because the thing, and you know what? This weekend was kind of just like a, like a reminder for me like I met so many toasters this weekend and if somebody was listening to our conversation who did not listen to the toast like we were not speaking English the toasters understand what we're saying because even though it might not be you know the language it's our language yeah I agree and maybe you and I are disjointed a little bit because we were apart this weekend and you definitely possible we're kind of like vibing with other sisters and stuff kind of like forsaking me and I just I think that might be why we need to get on the same page today so by forsaking you do you mean you know calling you every day and telling you every detail yeah that's exactly what I mean that's exactly what I mean and I'm pretty sure I called you guys I was like stalking you no I'm pretty sure like we literally were like we have to call Jackie Oh, that's so cute. Thanks. Yeah. Well, Um, tell us about your weekend, please. Uh, We left on a cliffhanger. Turdy went to (laughs) Luke Combs in Boston, which broke my heart. Yeah, and Jackie, unbeknownst to her, put one of her, you know, (laughs) witchcrafty hexes on my weekend. She was like, I hope you have a terrible time. I hope, you know, Luke gets laryngitis. And while Luke did not get laryngitis, bless the heavens, um, I would be lying if I said I didn't believe in the power of Jackie's witchcraft because... She sent us off on, like, a really kind of toxic negative note. And, you know, it kind of worked. On the way there, Jackie took us seven hours to get to Boston. It was – there was not one minute we were not sitting in traffic. Like, we didn't have – freedom is a highway. We didn't get to cruise until, like, the last hour. We got there so late. We literally ran to the hotel, put on clothes, and ran. Like, it was just so chaotic. And we get there, and it's raining. And at first it's just drizzling and, and Luke is not letting that bother him. He's delivering the performance of a lifetime. And then, you know, crazy lightning flashes across the stadium and Luke had to go. Like he was told, you know, it's very unsafe. Everything is made of metal. You got to go. So what you're saying is rain was driving thunder lightning. Precisely. And then there was like a 30 minute break. So we were like backstage and everyone was just like waiting for the the go from the fire marshal. Then he said... You're good to go. Luke started playing again, and it was torrential downpour. Like, the craziest rain I've ever seen in my life. And at first, we were like, you know, 
on the side trying to be covered. And then we were like, fuck it. We just like went into the pit and got soaking wet. And it was amazing. And then Luke was like, listen, I'm being told I can only do two more songs because of the thunder. I mean, excuse me, the lightning. And he really, he put his whole pussy in the last two songs. He just went for it. We were living for it. Honestly, it was so fun. What songs did he choose? That's a good, uh, The Kind of Love We Make. Mm. And I think Beer Never Broke My Heart. Mm. Yeah, he like totally switched up. He's like, I'm going to play two bangers because I only got two left. And it was really amazing. I think in the end, he only played maybe 15 out of like 22 songs. So we got like most of the concert. Um, and he really, I feel, did all that he could. He, I don't think he was even bothered by the rain. Everyone was living for it. It was so sick. Like, I, my blowout was destroyed, which was crippling for me. I realized, like, halfway, I was soaking wet, and I was like, wait, my you blowout. Like, my oh, crap, my hair. Literally. <laughs> my hair was supposed to carry me through the whole weekend, and then I'm sitting there looking like I just got out of the shower, like, sopping wet. Like, my mm-hmm. clothes were, I had to throw away my jean shorts. Like, they were unsalvageable. It didn't seem like you liked them anyway. I actually didn't. They don't like, fit me Every anymore. time you posted your outfit, you're like, weird outfit, but here I am. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the shorts were a size too big, and, like, they made me look fat, and I just, like, hated them. So I actually ordered a new pair. I needed to get a new pair anyway because I needed a different size. Um, so I won't be lamenting over the loss of those denim shorts. But me and Margaret were, like, looking at each other. We're like, this is amazing, but, like, what kind of powers is our sister capable of? It really felt like it was, you know, sent directly from you. You were trying to ruin our fun. We did not let it ruin our fun, but we did, like, miss out on, like, probably, you know, 25% of the show because of the brain. Yeah. No, there was definitely hindrances and obstacles. And I did feel bad about my initial hex because Luke shouldn't have to get sick and suffer just because, like, I can't be at his concert. So I feel like the rain was a happy medium, you know? Yeah. But So we called Jackie the next morning and we asked her to undo the witchcraft <laughs> because we drove all this way. Like we wanted a beautiful night. We wanted the full show. And we were like, can you please just like put aside your jealousy and undo whatever curse you put on us? And she did. She undid it. And that night was absolutely gorgeous. Not a cloud in the sky. Perfect weather. Wasn't even that hot. It was perfection. It was – now you can um, take your headphones out for this because I'm about to like brag so much. It's fine because I just want to say like when I woke up Saturday morning and I FaceTime you guys and you guys told me how your evening was so treacherous, it didn't make me happy. Okay, that's it good. Didn't, it didn't. That's why I lifted it. I was like, no, I still want my sisters to have a good time. Like this isn't bringing me joy. So I want to hear about the good times now. So we we got there for the whole show. So there's like really like a nice lineup and it was we were all saying it was giving us like a mini stagecoach vibe because we started seeing performers at 5 and Luke doesn't go on until 9 and he's amazing um openers. The first opener is a band called Flatland Cavalry which is like probably the smallest. I hadn't heard of them. Margot had and they were really good and then Riley Green and Lainey Wilson, who were both, like, major country stars. It was really giving, like, festival vibes. So by the time Luke went on, we had, like, you know, danced and drank. And it was, like, really, really fun. And then I just – there are no words for Luke Holmes's performance. I've been trying, like, all day yesterday to, like, decide what I'm going to say because it's it was so magical. And I don't know if it was, like, an especially good show for Luke or he just does that every night. It was – this is what I'm going to say, and I think people are going to freak out. It was just as good as the Eras tour. I believe it. His vocals were on point. The production was amazing. Like, his band was incredible. And he, the biggest um, compliment I can give him is between songs, cumulatively, he probably spoke for four minutes. Like, during the entire (laughs) show. I hate when artists are, like, talking so much. It's like, great. Please sing. Like, he did not mince motherfucking words. He's like, this next song was my number one hit. Like, thank you for the background. And now we can sing. Yeah. He just, he barely spoke. And it was just amazing. There was like this electricity and everyone, oh my God. Like, if I, like, it was, in terms of the the volume of the crowd, it was just as loud as Era's. Me and Margaret were laying in bed that day. We were like, what do you think is Luke's biggest song? Like, what would he end with? And we, there were literally like eight songs that I think are his biggest songs. Like Beer Never Broke My Heart, One Too Many, Hurricane, Crazy Beautiful, One Number Away. Like what? what's his biggest song? I don't even um, know. When It Rains It Pours, I think. Oh, When It Rains It Pours. We were just like, and, and no, that was so evident. Let me Spotify. Like, cause you I did, I did. Okay. Um, I think Better Together. What? Yeah, no, wait, maybe not Better Together, but that was like top five. It okay, was, um, right now, okay, but it's not in chronological order, but out of the top five, and the streaming numbers, it's beautiful, crazy. 
Okay. And then when it rains, it pours. But like Fast Car is up there in top five right now. Um, but it hasn't been out round as long, so it's like not really fair to compare. By the way, did you see that Barack Obama's listening to Fast Car by Luke Combs? No. Where would I see that? You know, he does. He releases like his, his summer list. playlist. Yeah. And it's like such a big deal for artists who get on it. And he literally had Luke Combs' Fast Car on it. Oh my God, that's amazing. I actually, I always see the list because he does a book list too. And oh. sometimes like a Redhead's book or two will end up on right. there. And it's pretty cool. And it's further proof Barack Obama understands it's never too late and he joined the Redheads. <laughs> it's true. And speaking of the Redheads, I read the Redheads book this weekend and it's really good and a really quick oh. read. But it's also a Danish choice, so it's very literary but easy to read. Like even Snitch breezed through it. Mm-hmm. Not to say anything like about Snitch. What, like Snitch is dumb? Is that <laughs> yeah, what you were trying to say? That's what it sounded like. <laughs> so you're saying Snitch is dumb? Um, no, I'm not. But you guys, if you're a redhead, like, you know, Snitch doesn't have patience for books yeah. outside her genre. That's what I'm, I'm with. Saying. I'm with Snitch on that one, by the way. <laughs> but it did sound um, like I said Snitch is dumb. <laughs> it did. No, it did. <laughs> um, okay, so back to the concert. So, like, there was just, everyone knew every song. Like, it was so major, and it was like, you know, not to make everything about me, but, like, all of us, like, we have known Luke, like, since his first song. Like, we've really been following. And I just felt, like, this enormous sense of, like, happiness and pride for him. Like, it was so cool. And he's just so regular. Like, he's not this diva extraordinaire. Actually, when me and Marco were backstage, um, we went both nights. And so both nights, like, the same staff were working at Gillette. So we kind of became, like, a family. You know, we kind of knew everyone. Mm. I met this, you know, this guy, Sean, and we were, like, best friends. And he was standing right outside the uh, bar. Like, we were just, like, all the, it was kind of a camp energy. We were literally, and we said bye to everyone, like, Shauna, our girl. Like, it really felt like camp. Um, and I was just asking them so many questions because I feel like it's such an interesting job to, like, work backstage at Gillette. You probably see so much. And he was, like, one of the guys was like, I've never seen this many people backstage. Like, usually, like, it's so many, div- like, divas or big bands come, and there's, like, four people backstage, you know, only, like. But Luke invited, like, everyone from his record label and friends and family of the band. Like, it was really, like, he's so, I just fucking love him. Like, I was just obsessed with him watching the show. It was the best show ever. Like, I cannot recommend. And, you know, he's always doing the most to, like, make sure every possible seat is sold in the stadium for, like, a dollar. Like, he's not here to make, you know, billions of dollars. He makes a lot of money, and he's happy with that. And he just sells I think like a couple hundred tickets the day of the show for I think $12 so all in it's $25 um it was amazing like I cannot recommend even if you know a few songs like you will know the vibes are immaculate like and it was so toasty I wasn't I don't know if I was expecting it to be that toasty I hadn't thought of it me neither it was toaster central wow how fun it was was just amazing I'm sorry I don't want to like keep like saying like it was just incredible it was like one of the best nights of my life. No, it was fun to watch your stories the next day. I certainly went to his website to see if, like, he had any tour stops, like, <laughs> next year. In your bedroom. I'm, like, the best I could hope for is that one of his shows, his U.S. shows, in the next few weeks gets canceled and gets has to be postponed till next summer. And wherever, oh, whatever city it's in, I will go. He's doing his international tour, like, through the fall, and then there's, like, one show next summer I forget what it is, but I need to plan we'll my go. next pregnancy around Luke's tour. Like, this can't keep happening. No, and he did the cutest thing. Oh, my God. There was, um, right after he sang Fast Car, the band was still playing, like, the song Fast Car, and he brought out this kid, Cooper. I saw. Who had just, he had just beat cancer, and I think his wish was to sing on stage with Luke Holmes. So Luke brought him out. They had, like, this tiny little mic stand because he was, like, three feet tall. It was so cute. And he gave us all the backstory, and he was like, Cooper's going to sing with us. Please, like, you know, sing as loud as you can. The stadium went wild. The kid was so cute. Luke was just beaming, smiling, staring at this kid. He was adorable. And everyone was, like, sobbing. So I was, like, hysterically crying. It was so cute. So it really had it all. It had, you know, peaks, pits. Like, it was just, it was, it was incredible. It was one of the best concerts I've ever been to, for real. And I saw him at Madison Square Garden twice. But something about being at a stadium outside a beautiful summer night, like, it's different. It's elevated. Yeah, I wouldn't know. But <laughs> I'm sure it was. It was. <sighs> okay. Well, I I survived. Yeah, you did. I survived the recap. Yeah. How was your weekend? My weekend was nice. It was cute. Lots of fun activities. Read a lot. So Harry went to the water park, like, major. Yeah, he was a park boy. Um, fun activities, coloring, reading, uh, uh, you know, the usual. Just, no, you're, you have FOMO for my weekend? 
I have FOMO from yours. Yeah. A lot of art projects. So creative, that boy. Yeah. But it was it was a fun, sweet weekend. Streisand was an angel. What more could you ask for? Nothing. Yeah. Except maybe like a Luke Holmes concert in your living room. Yeah. Well, I had one on my Instagram stories. That's true. I could not stop posting. Like, I, I know people probably thought I was, like, so annoying. I'm Miranda Lambert's worst nightmare. Um, but I couldn't stop. It was every song. I'm like, oh, this is, like, his biggest hit. Like, everyone needs to see this. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. And, like, okay. people could swipe out. They could swipe they could. out. Because you want to know why? Free will. It's a beautiful thing. And it's a very real thing. Don't take it for granted. I don't. Some people think we don't have free will. Oh, yeah, that, like, everything is predetermined. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Like, that that's possible, for sure. The way I feel about it is we have free will to make our own choices. But God knows what we're going to choose. He didn't, cho- all- he didn't like, yeah. decide what we're going to choose, but he just, like, knows what it's going to be. He literally invented us, so, like, he knows what that dumb bitch is going to do, you know? <laughs> right. Like, he knows what's coming, but you get to decide which path to take. Yeah. It's just, like, he no, knows. It's an interesting philosophical, you know, quandary. Yeah. What do you guys think? Do we have free will? Sound off in the comments. Do we have free will? Sound off in the comments. (laughs) Anyways, we have some great stories today that we shall get into. Good stories, you know, things in which to talk about that I do need to talk about. I felt like I was so out of the loop this weekend, like I don't even know what went down. So you're going to have to tell me everything. These will all look familiar to you. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So without further ado. I guess. It's time to dive I into guess. the Fast Five Stories that you need to know. And the Fast Five Stories that you need to know are brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. So Jackie and I love to invest, whether it's purses, clothing, shoes. We're always making sure to shop smart with eBay Authenticity Guarantee eBay authenticators are there verifying every detail of your purchase. So the eBay authenticity guarantee protects buyers from fakes and it gives them the assurance that they're getting the real deal. Because what is worse than spending money and time and energy just scouring the internet, doing research, looking for your next investment, only to find out later that you have been scammed? With eBay authenticity guarantee, you will never get faked over again. Their service currently covers eligible items across sneakers, watches, handbags, jewelry, and streetwear. We feel more confident, Jackie and I, in ordering online, knowing that an eBay expert is authenticating our items. So any purchase that is backed by the authenticity guarantee is sent over to the authentication team who personally inspect it, they check it against the listing, and they authenticate it. So in a world full of fakes, it's time to get real with eBay authenticity guaranteed. eBay giving Real Housewife energy. In a world full of fakes... It's time to get real with eBay Authenticity Guarantee. So this is such an important service that eBay offers because the internet is wild, wild west. And I feel like everyone has a story about a time where they spent so much time, money, whatever it is, looking for something that they really wanted and then ended up getting scammed. It was fake. And eBay's doing absolutely everything they can to eradicate that problem. So ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guarantee. Everyone deserves real. Visit ebay.com for terms. Today's episode is also brought to you by Babbel. ¿Estás disfrutando de mi podcast? Thanks to Babbel, I know what that means. Do you? So Babbel is actually the second best way to learn a language. The best way to learn a language is through immersion, you know, living where the language is spoken natively, using it every day. But of course, that's not possible for everyone. So the second best way to learn a language, Babbel. Because with Babbel, you can start speaking a new language in just three weeks. This summer, you can start speaking a new language with Babbel. Why Babbel? Because it works. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars, or as I like to say, dollars, for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are little more than games, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking the new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations. All of Babbel's tips and tools for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. So obviously it's that time of year where everyone's traveling, and when you're traveling to a new country and they speak a different language, it is so important, like safety reasons and just logistically, if you have a grip on the language. So Babbel's a great thing to do in the weeks and months leading up to a trip. Studies from Yale, Michigan um, State University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. For instance, one study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. So here's a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners when you go to babbel.com toast. 
That's 55% off at babbel.com slash toast. And babbel is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash toast. Rules and restrictions may apply at babbel.com slash toast. Thank you, Claudia. You're welcome. Our first story, Jamie Foxx is speaking out for the first time since his mysterious health scare. He says he went to hell and back. So he posted a video speaking out for the first time since being hospitalized following a mysterious medical complication in April. In the video, he fought back tears as he divulged on the hellish hellish experience he went through in an emotional video. He said, quote, I went through something I thought I would never, ever go through. He informed his followers that he's not blind or paralyzed. I know a lot of people were waiting to hear an update, but to be honest with you, I didn't want you to see me like that, man. I Mm -hmm. want you to see me laughing, having a good time, partying, cracking a joke, doing a movie or a television show. I didn't want you to see me with tubes running out of me and trying to figure out if I was going to make it through. He didn't disclose his illness, but he said he's finally on the road to recovery. He praised his sister and his daughter for saving his life. He said to them, to God, to a lot of great medical people, I'm able to leave you this video. I cannot tell you how great it feels to have your family kick in in such a way. And y'all know they kept it airtight. They didn't let out nothing. They protected me. And that's all what I hope that everyone could have in moments like these. But I'm coming back and I'm able to work. He said that um, his eyes are working just fine, proving that he's not paralyzed. And he wants to say that he has love. He loves everybody and loves all the love that he got. And he's just very emotional about the whole thing. He said he'll be crying on a dime for a while when he meets fans. He's just very thankful for everyone's love and support. And did he share what exactly happened to him? No. Hmm. So it remains Um, a mystery because for the last few months it's been like – uh, you know, it's been news that Jamie Foxx was in the hospital, but it was also, like, not really confirmed. And then his daughter, like, did say that he fell ill, but still, like, all very shrouded in mystery. Um, and also his health status, like, if he was on right. the road to recovery, what was going on. He's obviously doing so much better that he's able to put out a video, but still, it's very mysterious what happened. Yeah. I mean, he looked good in the video. I was, um, like, happy to see him looking somewhat usual in it, like, what I imagined Jamie yeah. Foxx looked like. Um so scary, so sad. Glad he's doing well. I feel like so he is like when I think of like one of the most like well connected celebrities in the sense that like he has so many celebrity and like powerful friends, and I feel like everybody was like talking about it, but not saying what it was. I'm still and, like oh, yeah, everyone was talking about it, but like didn't have any information. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like the media and people. Maybe his yeah. friends know what's going on, but no one was sharing. Yeah. No one is sharing. Well, you know what? On his own time, I hope he's okay. I'm glad he's, like, doing better. How scary. Like, to just one day be fine and then one day, like, you could be paralyzed or blind. Yeah. And for months to be in the hospital. Right. That's so sad. Well, he probably has access to, like, you know, the best of the best. And I hope that whatever it is, they can figure it out. Yeah. I hope so, too. So, but that was a positive update because this story's just kind of been, like, looming. We haven't even spoken about it much because we have no information. Right, right. So it was nice to just, like, see him on camera doing well and letting everyone know he's doing better. Totally. Our next story, you guys, finally there is some, there's some fire where there's been smoke. Tom Brady and Irina Shake were spotted getting flirty and touchy-feely after a sleepover at his house. So Tom Brady seems to have moved on from his ex-wife Giselle. The retired NFL star was photographed looking very flirty with another supermodel, Irina Shake, over the weekend in photos obtained by Page Six exclusively. So he picked up Irina from the Hotel Bel Air Friday afternoon and then drove them to his L.A. home, an eyewitness told Page Six. They're told the duo didn't emerge until 9.30 a.m. the following day when Tom dropped off Irina back at the hotel uh then he picked her up again Saturday afternoon in his black Rolls Royce and returned to his house at one point he was seen affectionately caressing the Russian stunner's face while stopped at a red light and there is photo and video of the caress have you seen the caress I have seen the caress um I was shocked because like I know we spoke about these two like being spotted but then we never heard anything again I'm like oh it's just like People making a big deal that they were at the same party. Yeah, they're in the same room and, and they are both eligible and, and wouldn't that be nice? But that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, this is just so layered for me. I mean, my first thought was like, if I'm Giselle, um, I'm kind of like loving this because Irina Shake like really is like a carbon copy of Giselle in the sense that like they have such similar careers that kind of look alike. He clearly has a type. Um, so at least, you know. It's not like he regrets everything. 
Right, right. I don't know. It's just it would bring me peace, honestly, if I was Giselle, but I'm not clearly. The other would it thought bring I had, pe- really, if if you and Ben, you know, God forbid, ever split up, would it bring you more peace if he was with someone exactly like you, or if he just went in the total opposite direction? It's actually a good call, right? Yeah, it's like, well, if you're gonna be with someone just like me, like be with me. Why not me? But maybe if Giselle was the one to end things, like, and Tom was happy right. with his life, then it's like I just want the same as what I had. Right, 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 I'm right. I'm trying right. to replicate it. So I, it just depends on how things ended, who ended it. So another thought I had is like, of course, Irina Shake is you know linked to Bradley Cooper. And what do we know about Bradley Cooper? He's the biggest Eagles fan. And I feel like there's, like, such beef between, like, Eagles and Boston fans. It's, like, so, you know, New England toxic sports energy. Bradley Cooper's not okay. But it has nothing to do with, like, Irina Shake or him being, you know, like, you know, still in love with her. He's like, this is disgusting. You know, like, he's – she is essentially, you know, dating the father of her child's, like, biggest enemy, right? Sort of. I mean, he doesn't play for the Patriots anymore. And who knows, maybe they, like, are friends because they go to, like, events together and stuff. But this is really a sleigh for Irina Shake. I feel like since she broke up with Bradley Cooper, like, the way I've perceived their breakup, like, hasn't – she didn't win, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, there were always these stories about her, like, trying, like, groveling to get Bradley yep. back. She's always, like, posting stuff to make it seem like they're together when they're clearly not together. So true. And now she's coming out on top with this. Even if it was just, like, one night – this is so cool for her. Yeah, no, it's a sleigh. It's a sleigh. It's a sleigh and a half. That's very true. Um, let's not forget her brief romance with um, Kanye. Right. But this is cooler. Yeah, I feel like she's been like trying to like have a moment romantically ever since Bradley Cooper, and like she got it. And we love to see women in the workplace slaying. Now I hope that they continue to make each other happy because you know I love love. But yep. if all we ever get is this one caress, it would be enough for me, Dayenu. Yeah, it is really crazy that, like, two people, you know, can't have a sleepover without everyone knowing. Like, they did th- – it's not like they were spotted out in an event and left together. Like, somebody saw him pick her up at, like, a private hotel and then saw them leave their, his house. Like, it's kind of like a crazy invasion of privacy. It is, but it's one of those things where – under other circumstances, I would be like, you know, they planned this. They called the paparazzi or at least like one of them did. No, I don't And they think wanted so. to be seen. But because he picked her up from a hotel, like maybe paparazzi hang out around that hotel, really like figured out what they were seeing and they staked them out the whole weekend. Like it just. Wait, where was she staying? Hotel Bel Air? The Hotel of Bel Air. Yeah. Okay. I've been there. It's like super private. It's like gated and like the entrance isn't like an entrance on the side of the road. You like go up this hill. It's real, and I'm sure paparazzi do stand like down at the bottom of the hill, like by the gate. But like, there's a way, you know. Yeah. Do you think she called the paparazzi? So I, I would love to Based talk on, about like, that. Based on like exactly what I just said, like she needed a win. This looks so good for her. I could definitely see a world in which she did, you know, have her people call TMZ. Page six, excuse me. This is a page six exclusive. I could see a world in which. I hate to think that way, you know? I know, me too. It really bursts the entire bubble, like this fantasy we live in where like we just are being able to spot celebrities in the wild and they're not like trying to show us what they're doing. But if it all is true, like literally everyone says all the celebrities call paparazzi on themselves, like then this whole thing is just one big charade that we are like engaging in. Yeah, because, I don't know, the Hotel Bel Air is, like, such a frequent hotspot for celebrities for a reason. Like, it really is that private. What's more private than your own home? These are just two locations. I don't know. I felt like many celebrities go to and from the Bel Air Hotel from their house and get away unscathed, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's definitely making me think. Yeah. But again, like if you're Irina, and I wonder if this was the first Jackie, game. why do we have this like image of Irina as being like thirsty? Like why? Um, I do. I definitely see her as like thirsty. Thirsty in relationships. Like yes. Was, like because she posted all this stuff with Bradley Cooper like as if they were in a relationship. On the beach. Yeah, like they were on vacation I think like for their daughter. And she was like making it look like they were together and they're just like not together. And even when they were together, it didn't, like, seem great. Wimbledon, no, which, and, like, which we know, but also, like, the Lady Gaga stuff. She was just always, like, 
On the outs. It's so true. And Bradley's also the type of celebrity who doesn't have social media. He doesn't have like a publicist who like makes statements. So Irina's kind of free to put out whatever narrative she wants <laughs> because no one's going to challenge her. And we were just seeing through that. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, for, By the way, I completely forgot about the Lady Gaga thing. Yeah, you're right. She's been positioned as like, like kind of beta, even though she's like this alpha female. She couldn't be more stunning, more successful. Yeah, she has this like weird vibe to her image it just image has definitely been marred by that relationship yeah 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 so I'm happy for her because this is this is a W I think when you think about the layers of what Tom Brady could mean to her ex-man I'm not saying he hates Tom Brady but he definitely like you know it's you know what it is it's kind of the no I know what it is okay it's kind of like the the Joe Jonas, Gigi Hadid, Sophie Turner thing. It's like, where do you go after Bradley Cooper? Seriously, yeah. where do you? Where does Joe Jonas go after Gigi Hadid? And you know what? He uh, slayed with Sophie Turner. He went all the way up. We thought, you know, we, he couldn't possibly, especially because, you know, he was shorter than, G- he was definitely like punching up when he dated Gigi. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, that was fun for a minute. And then he could go back to, you know, dating a normie. No, he went to Sophie Turner and like they literally are perfect for each other. And she's, you know, a global international superstar and she's literally stunning. Where do you go after Bradley Cooper? There's really only one place to go. It's down. Irina Shayk found a way to go up. And yeah. for that, for that no, we have to, to absolutely like, mess, applaud her. Mess with Bradley. Like he watches football every weekend. Yes. Even if like he doesn't mess have an with issue. Bradley. Even if he doesn't have an issue with Tom, like maybe they're cool because you know you meet big Tom's the goat. Like you can put aside yeah. your petty squabbles. It's Still, true. He has to like think about Tom Brady all the time like he watches ESPN he watches the sports and they're always talking about him and it's just she got inside his head I think and I'm happy for her no yes but I do wonder if like these photos are going to ruin whatever relationship has already started because like is Tom not asking himself the same thing did she call the paparazzi Jackie is Tom feeling suspicious (laughs) he should be I would be yeah I feel like also we don't get crazy paparazzi pictures of Tom Brady. Like he's, yes, probably the biggest star in the world. But football's like, sports are a little different. They don't really get hounded by paparazzi. It's not Hollywood. Yeah. And mostly because athletes live in like random towns because they live where the, you know, stadium is, Kansas City. So there's not like big uh, paparazzi culture in, you know, New England. Yeah. But he has a house in LA. I guess. His house is everywhere. Yeah. Also, like here at the bottom of this article, it said last month, Page Six exclusively reported that the model had made a beeline for Tom Brady at a, oh, yes. at a yes, wedding yes. and that she scarcely let him out of her sight throughout the weekend long festivities. She followed him around all weekend. The insider said she was throwing herself at him. So like these stories just don't help. So is it that Irina's thirsty or is the media after Irina? It, I'm sure like most things, it's a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, like, just that way of framing it is so... Mean. Mean. But why are, they framing, why are they framing it that way? Like, they don't say that about everyone. Yeah. No, that's interesting. <laughs> that's, like, honestly brutal. Like, that's humiliating. Yeah. But look, she rose above it. She rose to the occasion. Luckily, Tom Brady doesn't read page six. Yeah, but I'm sure he knows that these photos and videos are out there now. Oh, yeah, but I don't think he saw that quote that she was making a beeline for him at the wedding. Because what's more of a turnoff than that? Yeah. Unless he was making a beeline for her. Unless they misread the whole thing. Yeah, like how would they even know that? What's going on in her head. Right. Yeah. We have to give Irina grace. We have to. Let's give Irina grace. Yeah. She deserves it. She does. But you know what? She's doing okay She deserves it. She deserves it. She's been through a lot. We all remember those photos at Wimbledon. Yeah. But she's doing okay today. She had a good weekend. Yeah. Wimbledon's always making news. I know. This year it was Irina. No, this year it was Ariana. Mm -hmm. In years past it's been Irina. In years past it's been Megan and Kate. Mm Mm-hmm. It's kind of this... um, hotbed of celebrity scandal yeah no it's like it's a it's an event it's like the Met Gala like yeah what's who's going who's sitting with who who's talking to who 
Right, and it's kind of like celebrity, like you're observing celebrities for like hours at a time in one place, not just like a red carpet photo and then bounce. Like you have to see them out in out in the elements, you know? Yeah. Interacting, sitting. It's kind of gorgeous. It's kind of like anthropological. Yes. If you will. Mm-hmm. I'm not using anthropological. Gorgeous. Yeah. That's how, let's use that. That's our word of the day. Let's try and use it one more time. Okay. Are you ready for our next story? No. You're not. No. Our next story is brought to you by Masterclass, which I'm excited to talk about because I listened to a Masterclass um, on our road trip. It was such a fabulous way of making the time pass. So with Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best, anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. So annual memberships start at $10 a month, and you get unlimited access to every instructor, thousands of online lessons, exclusive content, insights, and more. So Masterclass has over 180 classes to pick from. They have everything from Chris Jenner to Bob Iger, and they add new classes every month. So they have Gordon Ramsay, Malcolm Gladwell, Steve Martin. Oh, I got to listen to the Steve Martin one. We listened to the Chris Jenner one in the car. Chris Voss, Esther Perel, Mariah Carey, and many more. So you can find practical takeaways that you can apply to your life and at work. If you run a business, you can use Masterclass to help your team. You're basically gaining new skills in as little as 10 minutes, either on your phone, computer, tablet, smart TV, and even audio mode to listen on the go, which is what we did in the car you know, connected to CarPlay, listen to Chris Jenner. It was fabulous. So how much would it cost to take one-on-one classes from the world's best? I mean, literally millions of dollars. But with a Masterclass annual membership, it would only cost $10 a month. You can get unlimited access to every class. And right now, as a Toast listener, you can get 15% off when you go to masterclass.com slash toast. That's masterclass.com slash toast for $15 off an annual membership. Masterclass.com slash toast. Also, a great gift to give someone for whatever, um, you know, niche or interest that they have, it's a fabulous way to extend a courtesy as a gift, you know? Mm-hmm. I loved listening to Chris's, like, about building a business, how the girls, like, use social media. It was really topical, like, for what we do, and I just loved it. Yeah, you can really learn so much, and it is a great gift. I've gifted it before, and it's really thoughtful mm-hmm. and helpful. Yep. Okay, our next story, we have an update on Graham Gate. We have a couple updates. James Kennedy has renamed his and Raquel's dog after the alleged biting streak. So James posted to Instagram this weekend a picture of the dog formerly known as Graham, and he said, hippie heart. He said, we've decided to rename this little beauty hippie. This is a tribute to my late godfather, George Michael's dog's name. The only dog I saw around the house growing up, although George and hippie are in heaven now together, I know that they are watching over me now. A proud doggy papa. So we'll talk about the name change, but also over the weekend, Raquel's mom spoke out about Mm -hmm. why she surrendered Graham um, after he bit her. So Raquel's mom, Laura, claims she surrendered Graham after the canine bit her, quote, to the bone. She told Entertainment Tonight, Rachel put Graham into behavior classes after breaking up with James because he had bitten several people. When Rachel went into the mental health facility, she asked us to care for Graham, as we have many times before. While caring for him, he bit me to the bone, causing severe damage. She said, I saw two doctors for the wound that suggested he be euthanized, which we absolutely declined, and sought out the best rehabilitation center, California Doodle Rescue, that gave him a trainer with over 40 years of experience. After discussing the matter with Raquel, Laura said she decided putting Graham in the care of California Doodle Rescue was the best option. She said we made the tough decision to drive Graham on May 20th to California Doodle Rescue so that he wasn't alone and delivered him directly to the trainer's home with a tearful goodbye. Uh, Raquel's mom went on to claim that Graham bit both the trainer and her husband, although the pair was able to get him to a place where he could be adopted. So then he was placed with a new owner and was returned within three days after also biting her. Oh, my God. Yep. The rescue then reached out to Lisa Vanderpump for financial assistance to hire a different trainer. Lisa offered to adopt Graham, and he was picked up by Vanderpump Dogs Rescue on July 13th. Then uh, Raquel's mom said that California Doodle Rescue was given the impression that Vanderpump Dogs would either rehabilitate Graham and place him in a good home or that he could live on the Vanderpump uh, property for the remainder of his life. Mm -hmm. She said, my daughter nor I ever dumped Graham and want nothing but the best for him. And then eventually Graham was reunited via Vanderpump Dogs with James, who has now renamed him. So that's the whole story. Maybe there's still more, but it's much more than we had last week. No, and you know what? I'm glad that we reserved judgment last week because there's far too much detail in that story for Raquel's mom to be lying. And Raquel's mom is not, like, thirsty. Like, she didn't have to speak out. Like, 
No, Raquel's not. I, I do just believe a, a regular woman. I'm sure the thing. I, I'm, Raquel's not in the facility anymore, but maybe not in a place to be like you know speaking to the press or trying to no. clear her name. And like this was like the things people were saying about Raquel for surrendering her dog. And it was Graham yeah. who we seem like we know and we've never known him to have right. behavioral issues. Like it was so out of left field. Like I'm actually very glad that her mom spoke up and gave context to the story because it seems like this has been an ongoing saga, not just like Raquel woke up one day and was like, I can't take care of my dog. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. And the kind of crazy part is like after all that rehabilitation, somebody adopted him. And returned him three days later. Right. It's very much like Lucy Lucy. Like you try and do, like you take all yeah. the right steps, but you do have this dog to bite down to the bone. Yeah. You know, multiple like, times. Yeah, that's really crazy. Um, it seems like everybody tried to do the right thing. And now, you know, all's well that ends well to end up with James. Yes. Hopefully, James can provide an environment for him where he's not biting people but what do you think about James changing his name I'm not here for it um don't get me wrong I changed Theo's name like four days after getting him he was three months old I don't know how old this dog is but I've known the dog for a few years so the dog is at least a few years old yeah they adopted Graham I think in 2018 so he's at least five that's very confusing for a dog especially a dog that's having behavioral issues like you use a dog's name in training so much. And, you know, dogs don't know a lot, but they know their names. Yeah, and especially, like, Graham knows James, and Graham knows James as Graham. So, like, then for that person who's always called him Graham to then call him Hippie, I imagine it's confusing. But when people adopt dogs from shelters that weren't their ex-girlfriend's dog before, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do they change their name, or do they come with the name? That's a good question. I feel like... They come with the name. I, actually, I don't know. I mean, if you're adopting like a senior dog, you're not going to be out here changing the dog's name. Yeah. I guess it, it depends how old the dog is. And I think you could do whatever you want, really. Maybe, yeah, of and course, maybe there of are some people who, you know, believe that having a fresh start, a new name, might be like a good thing for the dog. I'm sure yeah. there are schools of thought that would say that. Schools and other of people thought. might say that the familiarity of the name. Is what it, what's key. in a name, Claude? What's in a name? It's an amazing question. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't have changed the name, but I also imagine Allie's probably like, like Graham is like Raquel. You know what I mean? Like, I get that. Yeah. Graham. And then like you just hear her voice every time you say the dog's name. Yeah. So I get it, but I pr- probably wouldn't have done that. It's confusing for a dog, especially a dog that's clearly been through a lot in the last couple of weeks, like multiple different homes, returned, adopted, trainer, back to my dad who I haven't seen in two years. Like, it's confusing. Yeah. So the one thing a dog has is his name. Right. His mom he hasn't seen in months. Right. It's a period of transition for Graham Hippie. And why are we making it worse for Graham Hippie? I don't know. I would love to see some research on maybe a tabula rasa being good for Graham Hippie. Perhaps. Now, one thing about me, like, I am going to forget that James Kennedy is George Michael's god kid, godson. I'm going to forget it, for sure. But I'm, oh, I'm going to know that he has ties to fancy English people. Yeah. I just think it's, like, convenient. Like, George Michael's not here to rebuke that, you know? Well, George Michael's his godfather, even <laughs> if, like, he, you know, doesn't want to get drinks with James. Like, that, it, it, that's facts. According to who? No, like, it's definitely his godfather. Like, according to James's mom and dad, yeah. I'm sure there's photos and things. Yeah, you're right. It's just, like, it's so inconceivable to me. I'm just, like, I have a hard time believing it. Not because it's not true, just because it's a very, you know, unbelievable thing. Yeah, but it reminds me a lot of Dorit PK. Yeah, of, of course it does. And the other George, what's his name? Boy George. Boy George. Because also, yeah. we, we met James and Dorit kind of at the same time. They both have, like, yep. ties to fancy English people. No, but at least, like, Boy George is, like, on the show. Boy George vouches for Dorit and PK. He would go to bat for them. No, and I forget who I was just with. Somebody who works um, for someone. They work on, George on like, a bunch of tours and George Michael's tour. And I was like, have you ever met PK? He's like, yeah, he's at every show. Like, he actually is Boy George's manager, you know? Yeah. There's no denying that. Yeah. So... We'll see what happens. Graham Hippie was on the trip in Tahoe, so we'll definitely learn more about this story when we watch VPR. 
Yeah, it's giving Lucy Lucy Apple Juicy and everybody's like collectively rolling their eyes because that was such a treacherous time. Personally, I loved the Apple Apple Juicy Lucy Goosey era because that was when like it was kind of the um, the reckoning of Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah. I liked that time. Yeah. Like, I don't roll my eyes at it like some people do. No, no, me neither, especially not now, like, with so much hindsight. Like, it was very pivotal to the whole franchise. Right. It was, who know, Who would have thought that would have been the beginning of the end for Lisa Vanderpump? Yeah. We had all had so much fun that day. We had no idea how terrible things would soon become. Hmm. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Happy birthday is in order for Selena Gomez. Oh, she yeah. is celebrated. She celebrated her 31st birthday this weekend with Paris Hilton, Christina Aguilera, a Barbie screening, and cute. a bunch of other celebs. So she marked her 31st birthday with a huge party with friends and shared a series of behind-the-scenes images from the celebrations on Instagram on Sunday. She just wrote a simple caption, 31. And she showed off her gorgeous outfit. I believe her dress was Valentino, something like that. She looks really beautiful, looked like a fun party, lots of stars. Some of her best friends were missing, like Taylor, who's obviously busy. Understandable. Nicola is in San Tropez with her family, but posted, you know, something very sweet mm. for Selena's birthday. And it looked like a fun night was had by all. Yeah, I feel like Selena, like, low-key throws, like, a great birthday every year. And even though she seems, um, like, she's not, like, a thirsty celebrity who's always, like, out and about with other celebs, she really has so many celebrity friends, like, high-profile friends. So her birthdays are always, like, a fabulous event. Yeah, I don't recall her other birthdays, but... I remember last year. I'm sure she did something big for her 30th. 30th, right. This was, like, a little bit more low-key. A Barbie screening's really cute. yeah. Very cute, and it was cool to see who she is friends with and unexpected. By the way, Barbie's now been out. I know. Well, that's our fifth and final story. The numbers are in. They are? Yeah. Okay, well, let's keep talking about Selena before we dive into that, but I am really curious because yeah. I haven't seen the numbers yet. Yeah, no, numbers are in, you know, and reviews are in too from both the critics and the lay people, and mm-hmm. we will talk about it. But yeah, Barbie screening is very cool. Oh, did what are your thoughts on like, you know, because it was Barbie opening weekend, people getting like really dressed up to go see Barbie. There was like a lot of discourse about it on the internet. Um, people were like making fun of other people. I thought it was cute. I will always be into that. I will always yeah. be into like people having like finding a reason to like dress nicer than they would have, you know, back in the day when people went to see a movie, it was like a, a, a very affair. exciting affair. And now people dress like complete slobs because just that's like the the culture. And that's also the way that the the movies just are now, and I I do I do it too. Like I'm not gonna yeah, it's you the have way to like sit movies there for a while. should be yeah yeah like same with airplanes. You know, it's like why the fuck would I wear a skirt, jeans with a button? Terrible. But it's also because like now we eat so much at the movies. So true. You know, and we have like these huge the sodas. Maybe I'll go see a movie tonight because Ben's gone. Barbie? What should I see? You should. See see Barbie. I feel like for the podcast I should see Barbie but like I low-key ever since I read The Rose Code like my whole personality's changed. I kind of want to see Oppenheimer. Especially Josh Peck is in it. I know I want to see Oppenheimer too. I'll see honestly whatever theater near me has better times and is playing you know theaters like in New York are like so um like in trouble. They're not like playing a million movies at the same time. It's not like it used to be like two, two thirty, three, three. Like it's literally three shows maybe two movies. Yeah, so when something is popular, it's actually hard to get a ticket. Yeah, my theater, like the upstairs is closed. All the th- like all the concessions and the, th- the theaters that were upstairs, no, they can't keep the lights on, so it's only the ones downstairs. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's get into our fifth and final story, Barbenheimer Weekend. And I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Dreamland Baby Co., which is a brand that I am loving as a mama, and I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. And also let you know that if you go to dreamlandbabyco.com and enter our code TOAST at checkout, you will receive 20% off site-wide plus free shipping. This offer is for new and existing customers, so definitely take advantage of that. So if you don't know, Dreamland Baby Co. is responsible for the Dreamland Baby Swaddle, which is an amazing baby swaddle. It will help your baby feel more relaxed, sleep deeper, 
Swaddling is so important for babies you want to keep their arms in. It depends on their age, but there are all these different stages of swaddling. And I love the Dreamland Baby Co. one because you can use that swaddle three different ways. With both arms in, one arm out, both arms out. Harry used to sleep with one arm out, which was just really cute. It has a two-way zipper for fuss-free diaper changes in the middle of the night. You don't want to like have to take the whole thing off, so you can just zip from the bottom. And it has evenly distributed weight with their Covercom technology. So think about the way you feel when you sleep with a weighted blanket how it you know decreases anxiety and stress like it does that before your little bebe which is so wonderful it's also 100 soft uses natural cotton it's a wonderful wonderful product for babies we've loved ours the dreamland baby swaddle it will really help if you are on a sleep journey struggle so um, again that's dreamlandbabyco.com Enter code TOAST at checkout to receive 20% off site-wide plus free shipping. This offer is for new and existing customers. Enjoy. Today's episode is also brought to you by Mattress Firm. It can be intimidating knowing what type of mattress you need to get a quality night's sleep. Mattress Firm's sleep experts get over 200 hours of training so they can pair you with the right mattress and accessories to get a quality night's sleep. Did you know that the comfort level of a mattress can help alleviate pain, tossing and turning, even isolate motion if you sleep with a significant other? That's the thing. Me and Ben have like such different sleep needs. So when we were looking for a mattress, our mattress is for Mattress Firm. Um... It was very difficult, and when we went into the store, and they were so helpful. So you can chat with the sleep chat with the sleep experts in store or online to find your sleep solution. They'll ask you questions to understand what keeps you up at night. They'll help match you with a high quality mattress. They carry tons of top brands like Tempur-Pedic, which is our brand of mattress. They have Stearns and Foster, Serta, Nectar, Beautyrest, Sleepies, and if you're looking for one of those convenient mattresses in a box, Mattress Firm can also help with that. Because the last thing you want to worry about is delivery. Mattress Firm offers free and fast delivery. I can attest it was. Was so seamless, so easy, and the guys were so nice. Mattress Firm helps you uh, with more than just mattresses, too. They also have um, mattress accessories, like mattress protectors, adjust- adjustable bases to bring your comfort level to an 100. One thing that's important to Mattress Firm is that they have great deals, even outside of their sales events. Like right now, you can save on the right mattress by shopping in-store or online at mattressfirm.com. Of course, they have huge sales throughout the year, but even when it's not those sales time, they have great deals. So right now, you can save on the right mattress by shopping in-store or or online at mattressfirm.com. That's M-A-T-T-R-E-S-S, firm, F-I-R-M.com. Thank you, Claudia. Between those two, you should have a great night's sleep. It's so true. Sleep is incredibly important to us here at the toast and our mm-hmm. sponsors just merely reflect that uh-huh fifth and final story box office news barbie okay. opens to a record-setting 155 million dollar weekend while oppenheimer shatters expectations with an 80 million dollar debut so barbenheimer fueled the fourth biggest box office weekend in history over the weekend moviegoers turned out in force for Barbie, which smashed expectations with $155 million to land the de- biggest debut of the year. But also Oppenheimer came out good with $80 million in its opening weekend. I think the budget for that was probably not as Right. The budget big. for Barbie was, I think, $150. So to like get your budget back and then a little bit more in opening weekend is like a really, I think, major accomplishment. $150 including the marketing budget? I don't know. Because you it know everyone's talking about this $100 million marketing budget. Oh, so was it like two fifty? Perhaps. You know what? Let's look. How much did Barbie cost to make? Yeah, like hundred and forty-five million, not including marketing. Which oh, we so know they've got ways to go. Which we know was a hundred. They've yeah. got ways. They have to ways go. to go, but also if you include global sales, I think it did uh, one hundred and eighty-two million globally, which made the whole weekend three hundred and thirty-seven million dollars. Oh, okay, so that's misleading. Yeah, unless like it was only a hundred million dollar marketing in the U.S. And if you go global, oh. then the you know the bill goes up. Anyways, hundreds of thousands of ticket buyers refused to choose between the two seemingly different blockbusters with sprawling cast and twin release dates, so they opted to attend same day viewings of Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um. People said this is an unequivocally great weekend for movie going. The movies are complementing each other at the box office, not taking audience away from each other. The cultural craze known as Barbenheimer worked to fuel the biggest collective box office weekend of the pandemic era, duh, as well as the fourth biggest overall overall weekend in history. The f- other top three weekends were Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yeah, I feel like 
these days, movies that aren't like action or DC Marvel, like don't make those lists. Mm -hmm. So this is great for, you know, burgeoning movie genres. Um, It's also just like kind of a perfect storm. Like these two movies, I don't know how Barbenheimer like got so viral, but it's just been like a, a marketing dream. Yeah, but it's also worth noting this is like the combined power of two movies versus those other movies were one movie. That's true. That's but true. But still, still strong, especially in this day and age. And it's also the biggest opening for a female director ever. Greta. Greta. Not yeah. Tune. Not Tune. I don't know how she feels about Barbie. I'm sure she has a problem. Yeah, I also don't know if, I feel like, People are saying this, but I don't know if it's necessarily true. Like, I don't really feel like the strike impacted the ability for people to promote the film. It's like the strike happened at the perfect time. Like, everyone was just about to be done promoting. Well, the part of the strike where people are no longer allowed to promote happened, like, the perfect time. But the strike has been going on for weeks, and Barbie has been being promoted for weeks. And then I'm also seeing on my Instagram so much Barbie promo, like, from people, Mm -hmm. influencers, both like, and there's so many brands that are doing, doing Barbie collabs. collabs. I'm pretty sure the number was a hundred brands that Barbie worked with. <gasps> but I get, I'm getting all these emails in my inbox from brands that I like, you know, shop at, and they all have like a Barbie line. I'm like, Same. were you guys hand selected by Mattel to partner with the movie, or can anybody now just like put License. the Barbie trademark on stuff? Oh, that's a good question. I wonder how it worked for collabs. But like literally everything. I got Bumsuit Barbie, Barefoot Dreams Barbie, Pinkberry Barbie. I got um uh, cupcakes. Everything is Barbie. And then also I'm like, so are those brands and, you know, social media accounts not crossing the picket line by promoting the movie? I'm seeing so much movie that's interesting. promo. Also like influencers who are dressed up as Barbie. And I'm also like, some of it seems sponsored. Some of it doesn't. It just seems like a, a, you know, a gifted or a party or something. But I'm like, are they crossing the picket line? Right. I think it's we. Jack and I have been sending each other things back and forth because I think um, it's interesting. And I'm admittedly don't fully understand like what's considered crossing the picket line. But I, I feel like even you can't really not talk about Barbie. Like it's so in the culture. And is talking about it considered promoting it? I don't know. Right. And also, what's the point of not promoting the movie? Is it so that people don't see it? Because wouldn't that hinder Hurt. the the industry even more? Like I, I was thinking that too. Like if you want to support the strike, should you not see the movie? Right. That's what I'm wondering. I don't and know. If, if that's not the case, if that doesn't support the strike by not seeing the movie, then why does promoting the movie not support the strike? No, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, no, I don't know. But I did see this video of... Um, you know, because n- people who are in SAG can't and won't go to the premieres. Of course, studios have just, like, widened the net of who who can go. And I think it was the one in Milan where it was, like, exclusively, like, content creators and everyone just, like, looked crazy. Um, <laughs> it was really funny. I don't know. I don't know. I Right, and, like, are those content creators, are they the ones that we were talking about last week who it's like influencers, you're going to get opportunities that you never would have gotten, but don't oh, take them because you're me. not standing with the strikers. Like, is that what that what this is? So I had gotten a message from a toaster who's like in SAG and a working actor and she like explained so much of the strike to me. Um, but per the influencer being like scabs conversation, she said, yes, if Universal, Netflix, Amazon, etc., pay an influencer to promote a film or a show during the strike and they do it they might not be eligible to join SAG later on so yes like the money could be great but you're closing off future opportunities and closing future doors of opportunities for what might only be a couple months of a strike um okay but so so I think it's the exchange of money okay that makes you crossing the picket line got it good to know that but if they're joining if they're working with studios on behalf of like promoting that doesn't necessarily mean that those influencers like want to be actors one day no no but but you know influencer the job of being an influencer brings you so many different opportunities that like you know down the line you actually might get booked on a role that requires you to be in SAG and if you did something years ago you're closing off that opportunity got it and but it doesn't close off the opportunity for in the future for the that studio to book you again for promotion no, because you don't need to be in SAG to to be like paid to film a movie. But I don't know if you just like go to see Barbie, and you're not being paid, but you like post about it on Instagram. Is that being scab? Not according to what this person told you. Yeah, I think it's the exchange of money. Got it. 
Okay. So it's all very interesting. And I don't actually think that the strike hindered uh, people going to see the movie. And I'm not sure if, you know, if you want to support the strike, if you should see the movie or not. I feel like you still should. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't, it seems like it would be good to support the industry. Right. If the movie does and well. Like, but And a female director. But do the studios suffer if the movie does poor? Like maybe the people who worked on the movies get paid the same regardless. And now if you want the they studios do. to feel the pain, you don't go see the movie. Yeah, that's perhaps if you want to stand at the strike, maybe you don't go see the movie. But I haven't seen that anywhere. But it just seems like a logical seen, conclusion. Right. Since you don't want people to promote it. Oh, and you know what else I listened to? I actually, um, on the car ride to, we listened to a Tim Dillon episode. Oh my God, it was so funny. And he's in SAG, but he's also like a comedian and he was being really funny about it. And But his overall point, which I found so interesting, was like, the strike will come to an end. Like everyone will, of course, you know, agree on something. But, and one of the major points in the strike is AI. And he was like, the studio will budge on a lot of things. They will not budge on AI. Like they will give Fran and the writers what they want on a lot of things, they'll all meet in the middle. But AI is not something that they will budge on because it's. he said it's unrealistic for Hollywood to not start automating when literally every industry has done it in history. And like Hollywood is not this like deeply ethical, moral business. It's a business known to exploit people and, you know, has a very dark history. So to expect like the utmost morality from Hollywood is just unrealistic. So Writers, in terms of like residuals and royalties, a lot of what they're fighting for is like, you know, shows are going so viral on Netflix or whatever, and a writer or even a star of it is making five cents. Like he said, the royalties, he thinks like all, a lot of what they're fighting for will change, but the AI, he doesn't think Hollywood will budge on. Yeah. And I, it makes sense that the business model has to change from like the days of studios and, and networks to the of days course. of streaming. Like just like how the music industry had to change from the days of, you know, selling CDs yes. and all that stuff to now streaming. But I feel like they kind of figured it out. I mean, it's still. Well, they have. It's not great. It's it, it's better. Like it's conversations being had. But I don't think there's unions in music. So there was never like a big strike and a big conversation being had about it. It was just, you know, powerful people like Taylor Swift speaking out, causing change. Got it. Very interesting. And have you seen this Andrew Schultz tweet that's like gone viral? Yes. His theory about the strike? Yes, yes. That basically if – in order to pay residuals to all these shows on the streamers, the streamers would have to say how many people are watching – the shows but they don't release their numbers they do release minutes streamed for some of their biggest shows but mm-hmm. what the fuck is minutes streamed how many people watch a show yeah the how analytics that that like netflix and these big streamers put out are like really vague and i think in tech it's like very common for people to like inflate their numbers and then their valuation gets inflated and their stock goes up so if they had to be totally transparent about their analytics what andrew schultz said is like it would be bad for business yeah no he said that their numbers are not what the stock p- price reflects right now so their stock price would go down and actually ultimately this is his theory and that ultimately it would hurt everyone because if the Netflix stock price goes down they will have less money to spend they will Mm -hmm. make less shows and there will be less working actors working crew working everything and they'll only keep making those one percent of shows that do amazing but there is so much content on all these streamers and most of them don't have huge audiences. Yeah, I actually remember so weirdly, you know, and like just one thing like your teacher taught you like actually sticks with you. Mm-hmm. I took like a media class and it was all, it was more about cable, but it was like one in every 10 shows, sorry, nine in every 10 shows on air lose millions of dollars. But that one show that does well makes enough money to keep all 10 on. That's what Mr. Wonderful says about his investments. Mm. That 10% of investments like pay for the other 90%. That fail. And then I forget who else told me this, but I think I said this on the show already about mid-September. Did I say that Friday? Yeah, you did. That people okay, will yeah, be the, the like... Strike, the strike will be over by mid-September. It will be more... It, execs it will be more pertinent to end it than it is right yeah. now. We're, we're going into August, which is the quietest month of the year. Yep. Oh, very interesting. Did you think Oppenheimer was going to do better than Barbie? I don't know why I did. Even though like Barbie's everywhere, I just felt like Oppenheimer would do better. I don't know why. I didn't really know anything about Oppenheimer. Like, I still don't really know much about Christopher Nolan. But the the people in that article were saying, like, they expected Oppenheimer to do 50 million. Because oh. it's, like, it's like grittier subject matter. You know, it's yeah. not as 
lighthearted, but it seemed like there was this whole huge cult following to the effect mm-hmm. that it was Barbenheimer. Like it, if it was not as big as Barbie, like it would have been Barbie's weekend. Yeah, but I guess it depends how we're looking at success because like, yes, Barbie made more, but Barbie also most definitely spent more. Right. So like whose profit is bigger? Probably Oppenheimer. I don't know. Me neither. Well, I'm going to see it. Maybe I'll see Barbie tonight. Let me see if anybody wants to go with me. I'm sure Zach would go with you. Oh, my God. Yeah, Zach loves the movies. Zach loves the movies. Hmm. Okay. Have fun. Great. So those were the past five. And people are saying it's good. People are – some people are loving it. Some people are liking it. I've seen a couple hates. But I think that it's actually pretty good, Barbie. Yeah, no, I'll be be completely honest when I see it. I feel like I'm not difficult to impress – as long as the movie's like under two hours. If it's, right, if, it's over, if it's over two hours, I will hate it. And I'll give you a bunch of reasons. But just know it's because it was over two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Let me look it up. Barbie runtime. But it also includes like credits. Yeah. Oh, hour 54. Gorgeous. Yikes. No, but That's then with credits, long. it's probably hour 30. Like if you take out the end. Probably like an hour 45. No, those credits run forever. They do. All right. I'm going to see if I can even get tickets. Yeah. Good luck. Well, that's our show. Mm-hmm. Hope everybody has an amazing Monday. I hope so, too. I, too, hope that for you. You do? Yeah, I do. All right. Well, actually, I'm going to come over soon. I want to see you and Harry. So I'll see you in a bit. That's so sweet. Thank oh, you, guys. Yeah, I need to talk about your week. I need to know what's going on with my turdy. Yeah, we need to kind of, like, schedule things. Totally. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Toast and Monday Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as podcasts anywhere podcasts can be found. So at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, if it's still around, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places where we listen to podcasts, find us the Toast, leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have an amazing day. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Love ya. Bye.